Hello and welcome to your daily dose of commentary. Today we start with the topic, the reason why Minecraft content feels so repetitive. So I got sent this video by Mixtoons. Repetition, why we don't click anymore. It's basically just a video about how Minecraft on YouTube, there is just every single idea has been done and it's been done to death. Every concept, every successful idea that anyone does instantly gets replicated like a thousand times by every other channel. And one of the reasons I think this happens to Minecraft more than potentially other games is one, because of how popular it is. Two, because of how successful Minecraft channels have been. But three, because of how accessible Minecraft is. When it comes to things that I do, for example, like it's not as easy to understand GTA or to mod it and all that jazz. Um, I've got a lot of resources and know-how that most people do not. Um, and it's not as easy a game to build some new thing into it, right? You can build your own thing in Minecraft to have something new happen in GTA 5. You actually have to mod the game and build a mod yourself, which is a hard thing to do, you know? Minecraft is just more accessible, is what I'm trying to say, to far more people. So it makes it far more easier to, to copy other people's ideas. But with that being said though, like from a sort of macro pers perspective, everything comes repetitive. But for individual viewers, that isn't necessarily the case. You may have seen an idea done like four years ago, and when you see it again, you're like, oh, this is just someone copying an idea. This is the exact same thing I've seen all those years ago. But for a new viewer, it's like, oh, I've never seen this before. This is very interesting. Wow, how cool, you know? Not everyone is so involved in a community or in an ecosystem online to the degree that they can recognize when things are repeats or duplicates of ideas. I've said before where content creators could hypothetically just every five years do the exact same thing again. And it'll only be a minority of people who probably notice to some degree. But I do think for me, it's it's easier to stand out because, and to do new things again, because of you need to be at a certain level to be able to do the sort of things that I do and have access to the sort of people that I do and their know-how and stuff and to have the resources to pay people to make mods and whatnot. And a lot of the things I do are quite difficult, like pacifist and no damage and stuff. You, you can't just have your average 12 year old complete those challenges successfully, or, or certainly make them interesting. But if you want to have like a bunch of 12 year olds run around and do a manhunt or whatever, you can certainly do that as an idea. Although it won't necessarily be as interesting as a person with a bit more skill, but the idea can be replicated far easier. Basically, Minecraft videos have a very low barrier to entry where my sort of content has a very high barrier to entry, right? It's like how uh, Chaos, when that became more known, there's there's like a hundred different creators who've done Chaos videos because it's so easy to do and make entertaining and to spit out there. But like video documentaries, they take weeks, months, in many cases to make. You need a certain level of skills, the commitments, know-how, whatever, to make those kind of videos so they become less repeated on the market. Yeah, so that was just the thoughts I had while watching that video. I'm not sure if you agree, but yeah. I'm currently holding an art contest. For those unaware, I am currently having an art contest. Having an art contest with cash prizes, I will give the best artist money and put the designs on my merch store. Click the link for rules and info. Good luck. Dark Paper EU merch design contest. Get your design published on the merch store. Win cash prizes. Follow the link for rules and info. Tinylink.com slash contest. So top prize is $500, then second place $400, then $300, then $200, then $100, and then $100 for any other design that I want that just doesn't get enough votes or whatever. I don't know the exact way the voting is happening. This is largely being handled by Josh, one of my mods. And uh, yeah, hopefully we get some good designs. Someone gets paid some good money and people can buy some stuff. Full disclosure, I've always wanted to do this and it's in part inspired by Soda Poppin because it's a thing that he's done like a bajillion times. Don't watch the dude anymore, but I still remember him doing that. 
my GTA video had a massive error that almost went unnoticed. So my police compilation video has done pretty well. Surprisingly, considering that there was an error in it, a significant error. I don't know how I didn't catch this, or maybe I didn't think it was that bad. You can see down here on the music, it repeats the same six seconds of music over and over and over again. Adobe has this tool called Remix, where like it takes a song and then it like elongates it. So like I take this bit of song here and then I go Remix, analyzes this music and then, you know, fills it in. And it's like, oh, that's fine. But I didn't realize all it did was find a small sequence that it could just repeat over and over and over and over and over again. I'll see if you can hear it. I listened to the video multiple times and I didn't catch this and the video is still doing well, but I did just receive a comment and a message just then where it annoyed someone. Let's see if we can hear it. I can absolutely hear it. So it's damn unfortunate. You can't even hear the music at all. It is very quiet. But if you listen to it, you can hear that it just repeats. It goes... Especially as a person who knows the original tune, listening now, it is a little bit unsettling that the next part doesn't play. As I say though, it's not hurting how the, well the video is going, and I won't make that same mistake again. In fact, this video is weirdly successful. Why is this video so successful? It keeps getting additional steam. It's about to die. It's like, no, sorry, Bob, and it goes back up. The engagement numbers aren't even that good. Like, I mean, it starts very strong. Maybe people really like the intro. The police in Grand Theft Auto. The good guys were also kind of bad guys who were meant to stop us because we are bad guys. Being a part of Grand Theft Auto 5, of course the police have their own interesting facts and glitches that I'm sure you don't know. If you I mean, it's, it's a pretty good intro. It's a, it's, a, it's a pretty good intro, you know? We'll see if the next one does as well. But uh, it won't have that repeating music issue. Of course, if you two is a little bit more kind, they would just let me re-upload the video and replace it, but you know, they rarely do that. John Green's Twitter campaign will save millions from tuberculosis. So this is John Green. This video is titled Barely Contained Rage, an open letter to Johnson & Johnson. So John Green's thing is that he really, really hates tuberculosis. Something I don't know too much about, as said by him, apparently kills a ridiculous amount of people around the world, especially in poorer countries. And there are treatments available that would save the lives of millions of people, but it's more a matter of access and cost that causes these people to die, which is terrible, obviously. And so recently, uh, a patent for a particular treatment was going to elapse, allowing for people to make more generic drugs related to this particular treatment, reducing the cost and allowing it to be more accessible to people all around the world, as I understand it. But of course, Johnson & Johnson didn't want that to happen because they make a lot of money off this patent. So they were working to, to extend it, to prevent these uh, treatments from being made. TB kills 1.6 million people a year. Over 20 years, Johnson Johnson donated only 660,000 courses during the same time. 
32 million people died from tuberculosis, most unable to afford treatment. Evergreening this pattern prevents generic manufacturers from offering their easily produced drug at affordable prices. So there's been like a campaign all over Twitter to try to get Johnson Johnson to back down from extending this patent that would naturally result in the deaths of millions of people. When I saw John Green trying to get this to happen, I was like, is this really going to actually work? Their main interest, obviously, just uh, generating profit for their stakeholders. Are they really going to buckle and be like, okay, we don't need that more money. It's fine. We'll let these people make this drug and save these millions of lives. Uh, I was skeptical they have any impact, honestly, because you know how pessimistic I am about the world. Like John Green says here, I want to be very clear that no one is suggesting that people will die because Johnson Johnson is trying to immorally extend their patent on Better Queen an additional four years after its 20 year term. Instead, people are stating the facts that people will die because of Johnson Johnson trying to immorally extend their patent on Better Queen an additional four years after its 20 year term. It's a very rare thing for it to happen, chat, but something good actually happened. In the world, a good thing happened. An update from John Green. Johnson Johnson, thank you for choosing patience, not patents. Takes real guts to live up to your credo. Generic better queen will be available in almost every country with a high tuberculosis burden. I am so happy and grateful to the Stop TB Partnership and Johnson Johnson, and especially the activists around the world who are standing up for the TB patents. So much more work to do, but what a wonderful news to wake up to. Good thing happened. And so that's why I wanted to cover the story. Even though I don't know much about tuberculosis, I don't know much about patents for drugs and all that jazz and the minute details, but that there is a end to the story that was very positive. It felt worth covering, you know? This stream elements feature doesn't make any sense. So for the longest time, I have been battling with stream elements to get something fixed. And they kept talking about how it's a bug. Oh, no way that's been fixed. No, don't worry about it. No, it's, and I'm like, no, it hasn't been fixed. Like, yes, it hasn't. And we went backwards and forwards. And so this is what the bug is, right? Okay, made it a little bit small. But this is what my activity feed looks like. It shows all the new subs, all the gifted subs, all the donations and stuff. Over here on the side, it shows the amount of time since that activity happened. So right now it says, Beholder subs 22 minutes ago. The problem the activity feed has is it will stay at 22 minutes forever. So this is me checking six minutes later. This is me checking four minutes later. It still says Beholder subbed 22 minutes later. So all the time while I'm streaming, I'll look over and go, oh, it said that person subbed one minute ago. Did they actually sub one minute ago? Or did they sub five minutes ago? I don't know, because it doesn't update. It doesn't tell me. So like if I refresh the activity feed, it changes. So it now says Beholder subs 26 minutes ago. But the old versions of the stream elements activity feed did this naturally. They just updated every minute or something. So all the things in the activity feed would update so you'd know exactly when someone subs, which is obviously a good thing. I've been banning with stream elements forever, trying to get this solved, until eventually they, they, this person has just said to me, hey, all right, so I've talked to our engineering and looks like it's by design. The page will not refresh by, by its own. What I can suggest is a potential solution is installing the auto page refresh Chrome add-on. And I say, why well, just go back to the old version, I guess. Is this a cost-saving measure? Generally, as a streamer, you want to know how long ago a sub happened, not for it to be a mystery. Understand, it does update, but only when new activity happens. It will say a person subbed a minute ago until a new sub comes in, and then it will update and say it was five minutes ago. Only gets confusing when I'm not getting a bunch of subs and stuff. But this is obviously a dumb feature. I don't, I don't know why they change it like this, because the old version was fine. Streamlabs is also fine. This is just dumb. But what bothered me is for like last six months or something, I've been battling with them to get this fixed and eventually they're just like, yeah, uh, 
That's how it's meant to work. What a waste of my fucking time. I mean, like, oh, no, we're pushing it to the bug department. Don't you wait. And then finally, it's like, nah, it's fine. Like, I wonder if it's just a bug that they can't figure out how to solve. So like, ah, the bug is now feature. You just, you just don't deserve to know when people subbed. This is my first time where I've actually run into what seems to be, it's not a bug, it's a feature. Cut content from GTA Online. This doesn't directly come from Moore's Mutual Insurance on Twitter, but I did see it from them first. A beta version of GTA Online was found with many interesting stuff and cut content, including the first logo. Thanks to Kimi Shah 19 for the discovery. It seems to be the case that like, this is an effort by like a lot of people. There are apparently at least two early versions of GTA Online that you can kind of play and it looks kind of scuffed. Um, use like emulators and, and stuff basically. Like look that your character is like broken as hell. But you can see like early concept art. Like this is what the leveling system used to look like. If you want to see more of it, as Moore's Mutual often does, he has this video where he does like a quick montage of all the differences. So like you can see here like the opening screen you pick lifestyle things, like if you want to be a couch potato or, or whatever. You like partying. I have no idea what any of that, that's for. This kind of thing pops up and it tells you where you've been shot, if you've been killed. Um, watch the video. I'm thinking that I may play it. It's likely a little bit of a pain in the ass to set up and stuff, uh, but I might be able to play with my mods at the very least and make a video out of it. See what happens. Twitch is adding ads that are less obtrusive. So Twitch is launching stream display ads. In May 2023, you'll begin to notice this new format for stream display ads, which we're launching globally. This is not a replacement to existing formats, but is another option for display ads on Twitch. This is part of our ongoing work to create new formats for ads that provide more choices for advertisers while fitting more natively into streamers' content. Stream display ads are 15-second display ads that show on channels. Viewers are able to see and hear creators while these ads are displayed. So in one case, the stream gets smaller and then like, around the outside, it shows like a bit of a banner that says, hey, buy this product. In another case, the stream gets smaller, but then a little banner ad appears at the bottom saying, hey, buy this product or whatever. With that being said, the less obtrusive the ads, generally speaking, the less advertisers have to pay for them. Because this doesn't have the undivided attention of the viewer. Potentially, they cost less for the advertisers, right? But it's certainly better for the viewers because they can obviously still consume the content. Uh, it doesn't get interrupted. It'll take their attention for like a second. They're like, oh, that's a thing, and then go back. Which has the effect that the advertisers are looking for. You've acknowledged their product in some way. And they pay, you know, a, a percent of a penny for that. And the viewer gets their cut. So yeah, I, I think this is good. As much as people don't like ads, even those who don't like ads will obviously recognize the that this version of ad is superior. They'd rather have this ad than one that blocks the entire screen. My Rambles channel is becoming more successful. You love Rambles? Thanks, man. The Rambles channel has actually taken over the VOD channel now. Which doesn't surprise me, because the Rambles channel is focused purely on one thing, a type of content, that if you subscribe to it, you know that's what you're going to get. With the VOD channel, the content is extraordinarily varied. You may want to see me play a, VOD, uh, a particular game, but not the next game that comes out, you know? And you won't even know when the next part of the VOD's going to come out, so... Or if there even is another one in some cases. Also, the thumbnails are better on the Rambles channel. And I put personal effort into that, where the VOD channel is just like off to the side, you know? The only problem with the Rambles channel is that the Rambles aren't current. The current turnaround time is still two weeks. Not because that's how long they take to edit, but because I ramble so much, you know? And Regariage can't deal with the amount of footage that I give him. Like, I certainly could. If all I had to do was edit 30 minutes of footage every day, I could absolutely do that, but, but apparently he just... He hasn't been editing as long as me, I'm not sure. 
But I've, I've gotten in some more help now. Um, Knees, who used to do the ramble shorts, he's giving him a hand. And so that should speed things up now with two people, so. Answering your most interesting questions. What was my most memorable Twitch stream that I've done? Daniel asks. I mean, it's clearly completing one hit KO after so, so, so long. Like nothing's gonna, gonna ever match that I imagine. It was, it was such a long build up for so long, you know? Oh, this one? Yeah, actually, this one is the most memorable. I can remember the most about it because it's happening right now. What I think of Logan Paul's crypto scam? bad. <laughs> I can't believe that Logan said anything. What a moron. If you scam people, and especially if people call you out for it, shut the fuck up. O obviously, uh, I would never do this, but you would think a person who would get into a position where they're scamming others or whatever um, would just shut the fuck up. But I, I guess Logan in his mind considered himself to have done nothing wrong. Legitimately. So that's why he came out on the defensive. But even weirder is like people like Ice Poseidon, when they came out and defended, tried to defend themselves. But as I say though, as long as you continue to provide value for the market, like people just move on. Like Logan Paul, even after all that stuff came out, like he can still get guests on his podcast. He can still do fighting stuff. Who's, who's that Charlie person who does the makeup stuff and they've come back after two years and stuff? Oh, is it James Charles? That's it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, James Charles. That's it. I, I've been against NFTs from like day one. I, I super pushed back against that shit. I thought it was the dumbest shit. I stopped watching people. And I lost a lot of respect for people, or certain people, because of their shilling of NFTs. Two of the people who do a lot of reporting on Twitch and YouTube news. Senpai Gaming. That guy. Who's the other dude I used to like but don't like anymore? Devin Nash and Harris Heller. Both of them were so amazingly up their own asses about NFTs. Were so amazingly condescending every time everyone said, hey, here are all the reasons why NFTs won't take off and are amazingly stupid. They're like, no, 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 no. You understand, you, you, you fucking peasants. Don't understand the, the amazing wonders of the blockchain. Like, holy shit. <laughs> Devin's video defending NFTs. You get to the end of the video and you're like, so all the things you just listed are things that are already possible infinitely easier without NFTs, but you mentioned none of the downsides of NFTs or, or tried to defend against those arguments. Anytime where a person talks about the only the positives of a new system and none of the negatives, and they never talk about the positives of the old system or its negatives, dishonest as fuck. NFTs just killed crypto's reputation and flooded the entire scene with scams. I don't think crypto had an amazing reputation before that, but you are correct. What reputation it did have? In the ground. I've heard though that NFTs are doing okay still in some markets. A part of the reason why crypto stays around is because it has value in some markets that often face sanctions or have poor methods of transference of currency. Like like crypto as a store of value without a lot of regulate, regulatory oversight can be useful in some markets. But even then, not much. The dreams of it being a currency that replaces fiat is nonsense. That video the problem, uh, the problem with NFTs, that video is amazing. And like, I think it alone contributed to a lot of the downfall of NFTs and potentially crypto as well. Uh, it's got like 15 million views or something. If you ha like, how would you know I've seen that video by now? It's like, everyone has seen it, you know? There's only 15 million people in the world. So, you know, that dude's made a lot of good videos actually. Forwarding Ideas is one of those channels where they only release a video like every three months thing, but it's worth taking the time to sit and watch it, you know? NFTs may be a scam, but you know what's not a scam? Pressing the like and subscribe button. Thank you for watching. I wish you all the best.